Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of Dishes and Dimes, brought to you by BasketballNews.com. Make sure you check out not just the podcast, like The Dunker Spot with Nikias Duncan, the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the postcast with James Posey, Neat and Unfiltered with Kenyon Martin and Jadakiss, but also all of our features and exclusive content from writers like Spencer Davies, our very own Yasmin, Janelle Moore, Sharon Brown, Alex Kennedy, myself, and Katie Heindel, one of my co-hosts for today. Katie, how are you? I'm Okay. Like I, no one can see this, and I'm glad they can't because we're all just chilling in our Sunday, Sunday gear. But we we're all just sitting in the sun right now, and I'm just so happy to be staring at your faces. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen any faces. I mean, I've been uh, I've been a DNP coach's decision because of the shingles. Like, <laughs> Those are clearing up now, so I'm great. And we're also joined by Nor. Nor, how are you? I just want to say, Kelsey, that was the dopest intro of all time. Thank you. The way that the way you kept that going was fantastic your skin looks glowing you look amazing to the rest of you who can't see us right now I feel bad for you we're getting our vitamin d on and yeah just a chill nice Sunday this is what it feels like when you have no expectations of your basketball team you're That's just true. and we're recording this for one more the whole team so yes. well, yeah no stress great vibes great vibes ahead of the game tonight yeah Great vibes, extra hour at daylight, zero stress. Zero stress. Just happy to be here. Just happy to be sitting in the 10 seed. (laughs) If I think about it too long, it's going to depress me. So I'm just going to ride it out. That's my first question to you guys. Are you disappointed in the team or is this kind of where you expected them to be after losing so many key pieces? Katie, what about you? Um, well, like a a moment of confession, I haven't really watched a Raptors game, I'd say maybe a week and a half, maybe two weeks before All-Star break. Um, so- Did someone get to you? Did someone give you the the inside scoop that don't watch Katie, it's going to be the worst time of your life? I just didn't want to like do that to myself anymore. Um, and to be honest, like I've lost such a grip on like which hour it is. So sometimes I'll be like, oh, I meant to watch. And then it's like, oh, the game started an hour and a half ago. Like, I don't want to watch it now. Yeah. And it's like, I'll, I'll catch up on highlights the next day. And then the highlights, not so good. So it's not so much to catch up on. Um, so, but, but Noor, once you, once you say how you're feeling, I'd love it if you guys could explain the Raptors to me. <laughs> As if I just either was like an alien that landed from space or if I was a, (laughs) I'm trying to think of like a least hated market fan, you know, maybe like a Suns fan. A Suns fan, maybe a Blazers fan. Yeah, yeah. All right, we can do that. Nora, how are you feeling? Feel feel great. Feel great. No expectations. Uh, No just, just you know, happy to be here, not looking to, for any wins, any numbers, not looking at the scoreboard at all. Deleted the score app from my phone just so, you know, numbers aren't a thing. It's just, I still watch the games and everything, but um, it's just a hobby at this point. It's for fun. It's time consuming. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. That's where I'm at when it comes to tuning in for basketball. I wish someone had gotten to me like they got to Katie, but you know what? It's made me stronger. <laughs> I am where I am because of the past two weeks <laughs> and all these hardships. 
and we're just going to persevere. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I didn't have a lot of expectations for this season once we lost all those people, but we have like, we have so many young guys that can be developed that I'm, it's been fun to watch them when they get the opportunity to do so because the season's so stop and go. So Katie, while you were in your hole, <laughs> while you were, while you were off the grid, um, basically the entire starting lineup is out for COVID protocols along with half of the coaching staff. And we've lost, I think it's four in a row now. Like Nor said, we don't look at the numbers. <laughs> so yeah, we've, we've lost four lot, in a row. Yeah. We've seen a lot of, um, guys who aren't usually key pieces having to become key pieces. I should say that I follow the depressing news. So I know <laughs> I followed the COVID infections. I followed. Is there other um, news other than depressing? <laughs> I guess after? just the overarching depressing news. I haven't followed closely the gameplay. So I don't even know what this team, what does this team look like now playing? Would I recognize them? No. <laughs> Because you still have Kyle Lowry kind of being the playmaker, but, you know, even Kyle Lowry, he's not a magician. I don't want to say he's not a wizard because then he's going to get traded to the wizards and I'm going to trade him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he can only do so much with a bunch of guys that he doesn't play with that often. Halfway through the season, when you've kind of developed a rhythm, you know what plays to call, you know who's going to be receptive of them. And then to just stick a bunch of new guys in there, it's not going to work out 100% all of the time. So no. he's doing what he can and they're doing what they can, but it's just not working the way that it would if it were the starting lineup. I feel like if you take, though, like all jokes aside, everything into context from what's been going on since the beginning of the season, like you can't expect much more than what's happening right now. It is like you... You started off the season, like like you mentioned, Kelsey, losing your entire center rotation. Um, so you had literally no one to back up on besides Chris Boucher. And then you went and you're trying to figure out what to do with Alex Lynn and, and Aaron Baines. And, but you still need to figure out that actual center pos- position because as great as Boucher is, he's not going to be, be able to give you those crucial minutes in the playoffs. And you know, even right now up against certain matchups. Um, so with that, and then having to plug in you guys like Bembry, Utah, asking old guys to give us more minutes like Stanley, um, Paul Watson Jr., just stuff like that. I feel like that's going to take a while for it to mesh together anyway. And then when you have guys like you're three of the starting five, you're missing Fred Van Vliet, you're missing OG Ananobi, you're missing Pascal Siakam. Um, and you know, OG is your best defender on the team one-on-one. Pascal is your best helping defender on the team. So that gives you a huge hit when you don't have those guys in the lineup. And then you're asking guys like Stanley Johnson and um, Utah and Bembry to start and really go out of their comfort zone where they haven't had that before in other teams. This is like their first time really being in that position. And they're doing this with the Raptors who have a history of winning a championship like two years ago. So they understand what the expectation is, but it's going to take a while for that to kick in. So I feel like it makes sense where we are. Like if you look at the lineup and you don't have Fred OG Pascal, hundred percent, this is a Knicks level team. This is why the Knicks are in playoff contention and we're not. So it's, I get it. It's fine. But if you, I, my only concern is do we have long enough for the guys to come back and for us to really make us, I think we'll make the playoffs anyway, but whether or not we'll make a, have a solid position in the playoffs when it comes to matchmaking um, postseason. I will say 
Okay. My question is an innocent Suns fan, just a poor innocent Phoenix Suns fan is haven't the Raptors, the Raptors started the season with like a bunch of new guys and weren't, wasn't that kind of their concern at the beginning of the season, like plugging guys in, getting them kind of ready and used to the lineup. Why is that still basically, why aren't those guys used to it yet? I think, and this is where I might get flamed for it, but I think a lot of it falls on Nick Nurse. And I think a lot of it falls on Nick Nurse, you know, changing his lineups a teensy bit, but not necessarily changing them to the point where other guys are getting steady minutes in the rotation and they're not getting used to playing in this system. I mean, you have them all and they're kind of just rotting away on the bench. You know, you got Paul Watson Jr. and he's like perched up every home game on the bench like a gargoyle. And then you've got guys like Stanley Johnson who's being played heavy minutes and then he won't play for three games. So just the stop and go of it all, I think, is really, really detrimental to the developing part of the team. That's a good point. Rotting away is a pretty um, apt (laughs) thing to say. Description for the whole year. And then then a gargoyle statue that really drove it home. (laughs) But I hate thinking of... I hate thinking of Sweet Paul in that situation. Yeah, he's got like his, the bleacher thing that disconnects the fans from the floor is going to have like a butt groove in it because he's just, he's sitting there every home game. And I'm like, <laughs> if you want to develop these guys, then you need, you need to play these guys. You can't just develop them in practice. You have to develop them in game as well. So if you know that a game's a write-off or if you know that these are situations that are going to come come up in this season then play them and make them ready for this moment if I feel like if they were a little bit more prepared for these games without the starting lineups then they might have had a better chance of success Mm -hmm. is it fair to say that um Tampa is now a cursed location yeah no one's going to Florida. If you're a Canadian and you're going to Florida, you're deported. Don't ever think about coming back to Canada. That's a right Snowbird. Yeah, stay there, Snowbird. <laughs> Enjoy that summer. Don't even think about snow. Hell no. <laughs> so Hell no. I think it has to be something related to Florida. I can't explain it. There's I don't know what the science is on it. The verdict's still out, but in my opinion, it's it has to do something with Florida. And I mean, just to your point, like, I think it is Florida. And I think it's the fact that they are the only team that is, they're a homeless team right now. (laughs) Like, can you imagine working somewhere else for a year after being home for like five minutes and then not having your bed, not having your routine? Like when, when Stanley Johnson was on the pod, this is what we talked about, about how it's so difficult to adjust your routine when it's something that you've gotten so used to. So for them to be playing, not in their home arena, not sleeping in their own beds, not having their own routines. It's got to have more of an effect on them than it has on any other team. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And when they were allowing fans in, the fans were booing them. They were cheering on the Celtics. The Celtics were in the arena. And now if you look at other um, other states and stuff too, as they're loosening their their guidelines for COVID, they're allowing fans in the audience. So whereas Florida is not allowing anybody, which is fine. But if you go to places like... Utah, um, where else is there? Atlanta, um, literally Texas. anywhere in this, Texas, exactly anywhere in the States, really. Um, they have 
their doors open to fans. And if you look at those specific teams as well, they have half the, even though it's half capacity, it's a lot of people compared to zero people. Right. So um, I know it's, it's a matter of, you know, do fans affect the play style? I feel like at a certain point they do mental health wise, they do to um, get the players motivated to, I don't know, in a certain way to get them agitated. They do it. If you look at players like Pascal, look at other players like even LeBron. LeBron says it constantly. Like he loves the atmosphere because it eggs him on. It like give motivates him. So I think uh, that kind of thing is required, and like you need that. And especially for a team like the Raptors, who are still kind of young and who are learning their way through, and um, and they do have players who really thrive off of the atmosphere and where they are. So that has to play a factor. And because of that, this is a fake season. We're playing basketball in a pancake. It's not real. Yeah. It is a pancake. The last thing I'll say as a lowly Suns fan is that I think (laughs) considering like, you know, all those like, I don't know, Bembry, like Utah, like I would have loved to have seen those guys be able to play in Toronto and feel the atmosphere in Toronto, you know, especially like even Stanley, like getting more time and meaningful Mm -hmm. minutes and just like, it, it, I don't know, just in terms of, as you were saying, like Kelsey, just like a sense of place and, and rhythm and routine, but like Nora, to your point too, just like the atmosphere, like, and that's something like, I hope they'll get to feel as Raptors. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, it would have been so nice. It would have been so nice for them to have that this year. And I really do think it, it would have cemented, it would have cemented a bigger sense of belonging and probably that would have translated to everything that's happening on the floor. Oh, for sure. Cause I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, they have their families either back in Canada or in different parts of the country. And usually at least you have them to go home to, but you don't have that. You don't have, and then you don't have the fans who are kind of giving you, like you said, Katie, that sense of belonging and that sense of inclusion. So it's just got to be a very empty, hollow feeling every night it's like a shitty yeah. bubble it's like a reverse shitty bubble but the raptors are the only team that's in it that's my thief yeah. too adam silver <laughs> drop your addy let's fight if you're gonna do another season do a bubble i know the players don't like it but at least it's an even playing field mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i guess yeah it's just a- yeah i mean I actually I think it was Yasmin who said it. It was one of her tweets, and I was like, damn, girl, you're bang on. It was something like, um, I guess this record right now is the trade-off between uh, – this is what we had to trade off for that 2019 championship run. And you know what? I'll do it again. It's worth it. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I just I just feel bad for them at the end of the day. Like, I'm, I don't really care about the record. I don't care about anything other than that their playing time is so stop and go. They're homeless and they're lonely. That's what that's what I care about right now. They miss Toronto. Kyle shouted out Soto Soto, especially. He's like, oh, shout man. out Soto Soto. I know, but he's <laughs> down bad. <laughs> he is. <He's> so <laughs> when they start he- shouting out Cactus Club, you'll know it's really <laughs> <laughs> Really dire straits. Fred's like two <laughs> days away. <laughs> it's next post conference. Speaking of Kyle, 
Have you guys been watching? I mean, you can't miss them. Every day I wake up to maybe like 30 different trade scenarios from our fan base, other fan bases, other media people, where everyone is just thirsting and desperate over Kyle. Like, it's embarrassing. If I'm Kyle, I'm like, you know, this is coming on too strong. But every single person, like, they're talking about either other fan bases want him or this fan base wants to trade him in order to get something back before apparently they assumed he might walk away. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, what do you guys think? Like, where are you guys at with that? I think so, it had gotten so despo that like, I was surprised Lowry came out and made a statement and that mm-hmm. made me feel embarrassed. Like, you know, like you, you, this is so bad that you've made this guy who was like, so reticent to talk to the media, you know, is so just like, I do not have time for this. Uh, came out and was just like, why are you listening to anything that's not coming from me? He was pissed. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and also I didn't think that he was asking out because I don't think that he's that type. I think he's very, you know, you start a job, you finish it. This is my home. And he's a very family man, right? So it's like, this is where my kids live. This is where their friends are. This is where I've created a life. But the only time was last night against the Hornets where I forget what Terrence Davis did. He fucked up somehow. Surprise, surprise. And um, Kyle was like yelling at him on the court and shaking his head. And I was like, you know what? This is the moment that breaks him. This is the moment he really does ask out. <laughs> so that was like the only time that I've been concerned. But then Paul Watson Jr. and co. cut the lead to 10. And <laughs> only a 10-point deficit. So hopefully that restored Kyle's faith in our young guns. The thing that does bug me too is, one, I feel like smart people, also, like also us, namely, have been saying all season that any team – any team that is now involved in the trade rumors for Lowry was a team that we were like, well, yeah, they could use Kyle Lowry because there's, you know, I can think of more teams that could than could it. That doesn't give it, <laughs> that doesn't make it a grounded fact. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't mean that the Raptors would one, consider it or two, like the trade would be worthwhile enough to even, I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, to consider it, like, it's just this, to me, it's just the, the stupidest slash like most obvious thing that, that's why the desperation, like, I don't get it. Because you could just use your logic to follow the track and say, like, yeah, you know, what What do the Clippers lack? Oh, uh, like an intelligent, usable uh, point guard, you know? <laughs> like, what could really help the Sixers right now, especially if Embiid is out for a little while? Oh, Kyle Lowry could, like, pull your entire team together. Same for the Heat. Same for, like, there are so many teams that just... What could I use in my life right now? A Kyle Lowry. You Kyle Lowry. Everybody yeah. in their life because like Kyle What Lowry. could vaccine distribution in the <laughs> province of Ontario use Kyle Lowry to organize things and get the job done? Um, so, like, any, yeah, nor to your point, like, any situation in life could be better remedied by having Kyle Lowry involved in it. That doesn't mean that, the, that that's going to be what happens to the man. No, and for sure, and I mean... If you're the Raptors, are you sellers and you're going to sell your, basically your only road to a championship in Kyle Lowry, or are you going to buy, be buyers and bring something in that's going to help Kyle Lowry? Because that's all you need is the missing piece beside him. You don't need to get a different piece for him. And you know what makes me the angriest? Is that a word? Did mm-hmm. I make a word? Really good year. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm glad. Um, the fact that 
everyone talks about how he's, you know, he's this many years old. Okay, yeah, like he's older. It is what it is. We see that happening. But like, if you if you have been watching Kyle for as long as we have, he ages like wine. Like he's he gets better with age. So he didn't win anything those years where he apparently was at his peak. But like, as he's getting older and older, he's he's dominating the court the way that you like a very good a very um all-around player who understands what it takes to win dominates the court because not only does he make himself better but he makes other people around him better which is the most important part when it comes to a a solid team because you need someone who's delegating the ball and making sure it's in the right hands constantly otherwise you're not going to win see look at clippers look at philly look at all those teams right so if as long as you have a guy like that on your team and you surround him with amazing pieces like your like your program already has plus bringing in more people in you're gonna be contending you're gonna be doing great so why are you gonna trade Kyle Lowry for Matisse Tybel and that's where like the petty part of me gets so mad because it's like if we're gonna use the analogy of a fine wine it's like you weren't here <laughs> testing the pH of the soil all these years. You weren't here like tending to the vines, you know what I mean? But yet now you want to you want to capitalize on the product of this environment. You know what I mean? Yeah, My $200 glass of wine you want me to give away to Philly for a martini? No, that's not happening. For like a Smirnoff ice. No, for Smirnoff ice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a summer's bee. <laughs> Yes. Not happening. <laughs> like a Keep two up. liter bottle of growers uh, cider that you could get at the wine rack. Come on. Homemade beer. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> Prison who? <laughs> <laughs> Toilet wine. No. It's just really dumb. And I just, I hope that, um, I mean, this kind of stuff always happens around the trade deadline or free agency. And I always somehow get amnesia about how annoyed I get at it. Cause I'm always like, I'm Zen. I don't, take it seriously I don't care but I get very upset and very bothered especially when it is like you know people that are as directly attached to my heart as Kyle Lowry so I just hope uh the deadline passes quickly and uh, people can just you know drink their foolish drink their foolish words as if it was a lukewarm Smirnoff ice do you ladies see the Raptors making any changes come deadline I mean, I hope we kind of get rid of the agent of offensive chaos, Terrence Davis, because (laughs) that to me watching the game has been not only just because of the off-court stuff, but watching the game, I forget who said it, but when Terrence Davis has the ball, you're not getting the ball. He's not going to – if Terrence Davis is controlling the offense, you're not going to get a touch. And it just kind of disrupts everything that the Raptors are about, this hero ball that he tries to play. Mm -hmm. And it's – Again, back to my young guys, because I sound like a broken record, but if they are going to develop, you need someone to develop alongside them or to help develop them. And he kind of takes that away from them. So hopefully they move him and everything goes back to being harmonious. But other than that, there's not really any changes I'd want to see. I still wish we could be in the big sweepstakes and that there was like a, you know, a a worthwhile kind of center to actually go after and get. But I don't know that there is there necessarily is. Do you guys you know? think we could have gotten Blake? I wonder. No, I don't think so. I mean, he he gave up a significant amount of money to get he out of Detroit, out of there. and I think that he did that because he had a side set somewhere pretty specific. 
Like the thing, he like he doesn't make the Nets any better. He makes them more likable. To me, I'm like, so long as they keep DeAndre Jordan, I'm like, I like all the weird kind of useless bids <laughs> that are on that team that like are very good at playing defense, but are like great presences, you know? <laughs> First team vibes. Yeah. It's just like a weird, like flashy kind of celebrity team but not at all in the way that the Warriors were. They're just like, they're not good. They're just all like nice and well-known. <laughs> yeah, like they all should be on SNL every time they leave the, the yes. stadium. But yeah, then when you exactly. were in the in the Bay, it's like they're leaving to go party because they just whooped your ass so hard. Mm-hmm. It was way different. No, I, I see exactly what you mean. But no, I think it's weird. Like I'm starting to, obviously I love Blake Griffin, but I'm starting to really, I feel like it'd be a really fun team to follow and watch. Like they should have, I wish they had the Raptors creativity or whatever, but like if they had like a behind the scenes, you know, open gym type of deal, that would be so funny. You got like funny. all the makings I of, that. yeah, exactly. You've got all the makings of like a TV sitcom on your team. If, like you have Kyrie, you have Kevin Durant, you have James Harden, you have Blake Griffin, you have DeAndre Jordan, like the biggest personalities in the league on one team. Steve Nash on the side. Fantastic. I feel like they might actually be the team that's had the most TV cameos. We've had DeAndre Jordan on Modern Family. We've had Blake Griffin on Broad City. And I feel like we've had Steve Nash in, like, everything. Yeah, he's in everything. He's been in something. They are first-team all-vibes, first-team all-TV cameos. <laughs> first-team all-vibes. I love it. I just can't believe James Harden said rockin'. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Can I read? I'll just read the quote because it's just, like, it's made me so happy. He was holding that in for so long. I just burst and then, and then I just remembered um, it, it was, I guess, like his, someone asked him about crowds in the arena. He said, one of the reasons I came to Brooklyn, side note, you were traded. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't come to Brooklyn. Was for these fans. They're so passionate. Once we're able to fill this building up, I know it's going to be rocking. <laughs> like, who, who are you? <laughs> He's a Brooklyn hipster now. I think so. <laughs> is there a rock scene in Houston we know about? What I mean, if he's like, so like like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's like open cowboy, but what if James Harden is like secret cowboy? But do cowboys say rockin'? I don't know. I feel Who like says rockin'? Old like, white men say rockin'. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It took one word, Katie. Do you see what I mean? It took one word. We are completely unraveled now. (laughs) We're dying. Imagine 30 minutes of this. We just started it rocking. I mean, I think that could be the title of the episode. Rocking. Rocking. Cece Brian. (laughs) I don't know. My brain feels like it's a bit mush. Are there any other, like, trade deadline like, are there any other targets, not just for the Raptors, for like any other team? I think Blake was the kind of a bigger piece of news and he moved ahead of the deadline. Mm. I feel like the thing is no teams really need to trade amongst each other because there's so many options out there that haven't been signed, like mm. Rondé or Dwayne Dedman or any of those guys. Those are key. They could help any team. Yeah. And they're just sitting there. 
They could help away. us. Ron, they could literally <laughs> help us right now. Bring me Dwayne Dedman. Yeah, I would actually, both of those guys, maybe Rondé because he knows the team, but yeah. Like, yeah, so I take it back. I, I do want to, I do want to see some movement from the Raptors and uh, for the trade deadline. Yeah. Bring and what do you guys home. think about the center position? Like, are you guys happy with Aaron Baines or happy with the situation where we no. alternate between? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm still Thanks not. for letting me not finish because I was like, I know we're not happy. Point last <laughs> night against the Hornets, where he like handed the ball to Gordon Hayward after a rebound. And was- he's a double agent. I'm telling you right now. If we're losing, it's because of him. Chris Paul set him up. Chris Paul found out that we're saying Kyle Lowry's better. He got a championship. He's he's got a ring and a and a booty and everything. Chris Paul got pissed. He sent Aaron Baines lower. That's, that's a double agent. That's why we're losing. I know, I've seen that happen so many times where it's like, how, like, it's a five-year-old understands how to hold the ball. And ca- like even the concept of catching it, they understand it. And like, you're an NBA player. <laughs> yeah. It, it keeps like, I keep getting really mad at myself because my biggest worry when the Raptors signed him, I was like, man, now I can't make a Banes of my existence joke anymore. But the joke's on me. <laughs> <laughs> he still is the Banes of our existence. Uh-huh. In an even bigger and truer way than he was when the Raptors would play against him. <laughs> but what would, we, what would we do if we were to look to get rid of him right now? Like, are we just stuck with him? Until the season, at least. I think we might be stuck with him. What's out there, right? Yeah. I know we have Henry on a 10-day. And he's improved significantly over the last two seasons that he was with the 905. So there's that. I mean, defensively, he's still a bit of a liability. He's still got a little bit of, like, lead feet. But other than that, I mean, offensively, he's – when he's on, he's on. And there aren't any, you know, he's not handing the ball to Gordon Hayward. So there's that. (laughs) And he's a little bit incentivized to like, I think, work a lot harder, right? Which like most most G League players naturally just are. Like that's just the grind that they're used to. I think Baines just like needs a bit of more of a fire under him. But maybe he's he's imperious to flame. I don't know. it's actually strange like I remember he was you know when there's always that one player on the other team that's like a raptor killer he always goes off he like he was one of those players with the Celtics with Suns he was always lighting us up and when we got him I was like okay like we got a warrior let's let's see how this pans out and he just turned into like the smallest person on the team, even though he's the largest. And it's it's wild. Well, like even when he is the largest, it's so frustrating because he will just clog the paint. And Kyle's like, "What are you doing? Like I'm I'm not supposed to be running into you. You're supposed to be." <laughs> it's just it's very very frustrating to watch him try and find his place. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a wonderful person, though. Yeah, I think he seems like a pretty nice guy. Um, you know, but. It's just I like, wish being nice paid basketball bills, but that's not the case here. Aaron Baines, you gotta make those points, and you also have to rebound. But to Kelsey's point, it's just so weird to see a big guy who is also just like kind of like the archetypal big man, um, but not really know or understand how to use his size in the most basic way. So, like, if you're gonna post up in the paint, you have to get a rebound, but he's still. He'll get, he'll grab a couple and then he always seems shocked when he, one catches it, two hangs on to it. And then he's like, what do I, what do I do with this? He's like, I can't believe I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm holding it. 
Yeah, it's it's really troubling to watch. Um, like, because what it's been? How long has it been now? We started in December, right? So about almost four months, and that's a long time to get used to a team and gel with a team and figure out where you stand and just to bounce off of the other IQs that are running around on the court. But he still plays like we just got him yesterday, and he's been one of the more consistently played players too. So it's not like he's you know, a Yuda or a Paul, and he's just getting these like sporadic minutes. He's been there. He's yeah. been starting nearly every game. So come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, mate. <laughs> I propose <laughs> I propose one of us um, gets on top of the other. We wear a trench coat. We audition for the center position because I promise you at this point, that's going to get you more rebounds and points than Mr. Aaron Baines is going to. Love yeah. your country, by the way. Love your we'll country. Get, we'll get in more people's way more effectively. Yeah. That way than he does. In their heads, probably. Mm-hmm. And like, oh my God. <laughs> Kevin Durant, I love you. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a foolproof tactic, really, Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Think about it. It's a fake season anyway. Try out everything. Yeah. Why not? Just. <laughs> Just get weird. <laughs> Should we talk about All-Star? The All-Star that was? There was an All-Star? All-Star. Well, there. yeah. Both both good, apt answers, I think. <laughs> Did you I guys mean, happen to watch? I watched the dunk contest. I watched replays of the dunk contest. I'm sad I because I love... Uh, I love Anthony Simons a lot. He's a he's an amazing dunker and just like an amazing player. And I wish he got the dunk contest he yeah. deserved. Yeah, that's the thing. I just felt bad for them because it felt like they were like the halftime entertainment that were thrown together at the last minute. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. Wild props or any of the. I remember I any- tuned out for a second and I looked back to see whether or not like the game was five on because it was they were playing the game before that. And then I see like these guys on the court like taking, uh, going up and take, doing dunks and whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's probably like the college basketball teams going up right now for the halftime show. And I turned it off. <laughs> I didn't continue watching. <laughs> on the on the TL, I see people going crazy over the dunks, and I'm like, oh, so that was the dunk contest. My yeah, and I mean, half the fun of the dunk contest is like the other players' reactions mm-hmm. and outfits. And like, I'm sorry. The NBA dunk contest is my Victoria's Secret fashion show. Like, I look <laughs> every year. Mm-hmm. I want to see what they're wearing. I really And you didn't get to see any of that. And you didn't get to see them like cheering on their teammates that are in the dunk contest or anything. So it was just very depressing. Mm-hmm. The dunk contest and like all of our all-star is about that sort of like, frenzied energy and camaraderie. It, really always just feels like you sleep over guys spill out onto the court and get closer and closer to the net like with every dunk and I didn't even know I didn't watch it in real time this year but I know it didn't have that and I know like the all-star for the 10 minutes of the all-star game that I watched it just felt it just didn't feel right you know it didn't and Another like addition I will say is after watching last year with Lowry in the game and how he honestly changed 
the pace and competition of that game. Like I, you never saw people getting mad in the all-star game, but like LeBron and James Harden were so mad at Kyle Lowry for taking charges and like trying to play defense in an all-star game. It was, un, to them, it was like unnatural. It's not what was done, but it made it so much more compelling to watch. Uh, and then by comparison this year, plus you just knew, you're like, why is this happening? It, this is so, this is such an irresponsible cash grab dumb decision by the league everybody knows it and they were still just like pretending it was weird it's like when you do something terrible and everyone knows you have but then you pretend <laughs> no one knows and you just behave as is yeah i mean the rug. i have a dunk contest i need to see like andrew wiggins rolling around on the floor in a sparkly motorcycle jacket like i need <laughs> Tucker in like a buffalo check dries van noten coat that goes down to his feet like i need I need to see these guys going ape shit in their street clothes for their friends. Or on their side with their two burner phones, one real phone, yes. everything. Yep. Shout out Paul Pierce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I um I was supposed to watch it with the uh, Yasmin because you were gonna cover the pod afterwards. And I was telling her, I was like, honestly, for the first time with dishes and dimes, this felt like homework. This felt like work that was not fun. Like I did not want to tune in. I did not want to watch. Um, Adam Silver was probably so pissed that Oprah decided to have that Meghan Markle interview. The, the real same dunk contest. Time. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> she dunked on them Royals. That was the real dunk contest. And I was so pissed. I'm like, this is my tea. I love this stuff. And I had to do homework for what reason? For nothing. And yeah, it's just, it, there was no excitement. No, nothing. You know that the players have come out earlier and voiced their disdain over um, having a, having an all-star in a pandemic. And to the point where like, I just, I can't get over the fact that Kawhi of all people was you know, sitting in front of the camera and being like, um, mm-hmm. we're only playing this because they care about money. Like he straight up is like calling them out on the fact that they're money hungry and they still go on and continue to do it. And I think at that point, the players can't really do anything either because it's probably part of their contracts and clauses. Like if they back out, it's probably a whole different mess in the background that we don't know about when it comes to money and legal proceedings and whatever. Um, but I just feel like all in all, that was such a... it. Like, I understand people saying that, you know, these are some sponsorships and some negotiations that he would have had with um, companies prior who do, you know, advertising during um, All-Star, but you've known about this pandemic for the past year. <laughs> like, why did you not think that maybe we shouldn't have an All-Star? And plus, like, they had said before the season started that they will be no All-Star. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, there was something at the beginning of the season enough for them to, like, postpone those even yeah, those broadcasting contracts are huge. They're gigantic. But if the, if they at the beginning of the year were prepared to say we're we're not comfortable, it's not safe to go ahead with this, then what you know, I would be curious to know what actually changed. Mm-hmm. And my my favorite part is like all the damage control that's trying to be done after with all the reporters. Like X number of players have tested positive for COVID, but none of them were at All Star. None of this occurred at All Star. All Star was one hundred percent safe. It's just <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so ridiculously transparent that they're trying to make it be, seem like, see, this was a good idea when we all know that it wasn't. Well, didn't the Woj, like Woj, after he was like, everyone was tested before the game, like this many tests happened before All-Star, no tests. Then after All-Star, no tests. And then there was like another tweet and he, he was like, clarification, no one was tested post All-Star. 
It's like, that's a pretty big <laughs> clarification, Woj. Adam Silver has Woj's notifications on uh, on right now. The second he tweets, he's just in his ear, like, you got to do this, you got to do that. He's, he's being paid straight up. Like, that bank account is uh, is flowing right from Adam Silver's wallet right into Woj's Uber Eats account. But it's, uh, it's just, it makes no sense. It's so wild. Like, the other part of it, too, was remember when... Um, Ben and Embiid couldn't play. Mm-hmm. And they were so vocal about being like, if this did not happen in Atlanta, they hadn't even been in Atlanta at that point. They say suffer they, they don't know where Atlanta is. Charters. Sorry? They don't even know where Atlanta is. <laughs> <laughs> They're lost. They never stepped outside of Philly. Like they were going so hard to be like, no, this is not anyone's fault. But then to go and shame the Raptors because your coach has his, uh, his mask down for two seconds because the refs are being idiots. Meanwhile, like every coach does every this. Coach, Everyone yeah. does this. Every yeah. single one on the side is doing this, but we get called out. And then we also have like our, pretty much like our half our team, if you count the, the coaches and staff too, out because of COVID. And under any other circumstance, when you, look, when you look at other teams, they're not being asked to play. They're being asked to postpone and everything. But we're being told, okay, Enjoy this. Enjoy having a lower seed than the Knicks. Give your spot to the Knicks and we're just going to see what happens. It's it's just, it's so crazy. Like, how do you look at this season and say, yeah, this is an accurate depiction of what each team has and what their talent represents? You can't. You absolutely it's an accurate depiction of like attempting to hold a regular, like a quote, regular season in a very irregular, you know, it is trite to say unprecedented, but truly unprecedented times, right? And like, this is, this is a testament of that. Very Black Mirror, very Truman (laughs) Show-esque depiction of the NBA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is a chapter our kids are going to be learning in the future. We're part of this. We will, my kids are going to come to us and be like, mommy, what happened when they had the all-star weekend? Did you cover it? We're like, no, fuck out of solar. (laughs) <laughs> well on that note i think that does it and um, i won't be a mom i won't do it that was a good rocking episode that was a rocking episode thank you for listening thank you to you ladies for your time thank you to everyone uh following us on basketballnews.com make sure to check it out and we will see you next time ciao bye-bye